In Ephesians 4, we see a pattern for applying what we know of Christ, how, how we receive the teachings of Christ, and then how they work their way out in our life. We're going to start in verse 17, Ephesians 4. This is written by Paul, written from prison, uh, where he sees the darkest side of humanity without Christ. He's seen that many times as he's been accused and slandered and shipwrecked and stoned and imprisoned. He's also been a party to that as, as he supervised the stoning, the arrest, and the imprisonment of the church. So he knows what he's talking about in verse 17. He says, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord. He says, I, I promise you this is true, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. And what he means by that is the people who don't know Christ and the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Watch this. Their minds have what? Futility. Their understanding darkened. Ignorance. He says there's a perspective people don't have when they don't have Christ. There are things they don't know if they don't know Christ. And he says, because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, it's, it's not simply a matter of, of understanding. It's not simply a matter of the mind. It's also a matter of the heart. Who being past feeling, and the, the word he uses here is like um, a wound that becomes numb, or like a burn that doesn't even hurt anymore because the nerve endings are gone. It's, it's a wound that, that should be throbbing and it's past feeling. It's just numb. Have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. So he, he summarizes the mind without Christ, the mind and heart, ignorance, dark, blind, numb, Given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. And it's a, it's a summary of a, of a sinful world. And it's not hard to look around us and say, I see lewdness, I see greediness, I see spiritual blindness. Okay, I, I know what you're talking about, Paul. But it's really unhelpful and it's really unedifying for a pastor to just stand up and preach about how the world's gone to pot. Paul doesn't do that. I don't want to do that. He picks right up in verse, in verse 20 with his real point. His point is not how bad the world can be. His point is who we should be. He says, but, and here's where I want us to, to put our focus, you have not so learned Christ. He says, you see dark hearts, dark minds, ignorance, lewdness, greed, uncleanness, numbness, alienated from God. That's not what you learn from Christ. It's not who Jesus is. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, he says, if we're really students of Jesus, followers of Christ, then here's what we learned. And then he says, put off, put on, and put away. And we're, 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 we're going to follow these things as we go along. This last Saturday, we had the uh, Halloween festival here, and it was fun. 
And there were kids there, and adults also, some who wore costumes, and the kids loved to do that because it's a chance to become somebody different. Not really, but on the outside, and it's great fun. They love that. They, they put off the ordinary, and they put on, you know, the astronaut or the superhero or, or Minnie Mouse or whatever they decided to be, and, and they enjoy pretending to be something different. And there's a parallel here. He says, put off, in verse 22, concerning your former conduct. He says, this is a matter of behavior. Now watch this, because we're not legalists who say that that just doing the right things makes you right. But he says, concerning your conduct, put off the old man. See, the old man has been put off by Christ. You're not that old man anymore. When you're born again, you're a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things inside become new, but you can still live and act like the old man. So he says, put off in conduct the old man. We don't talk like that anymore. We don't live like that anymore. We don't value those things anymore. We don't treat people like that anymore. We put off the conduct. It's a change of behavior to reflect what's happening inside, not to substitute for lack of something happening inside. That's just works. But because of the change inside of us, we put off conduct that's ungodly. The old man, which grows corrupt, he says, there's this part of us, our natural self apart from Christ, and it grows corrupt. It rusts and rots and decays. And um, he says it happens in accordance with the deceitful lusts. The the urges we have that promise happiness, the promise satisfaction, the promise joy, and and they deceive us because they can't give us any of that. Put off the old man because he's based on a lie. Put off the old man in behavior, former conduct. You take those things that he's talking about that the world does and you put them off. He says our call is to stop living like we're not saved. Stop living like Christ didn't change us. Okay? When Christ changes you, then you go home and you sit down and you turn your television on. It changes because what you value and, and what entertains and amuses and satisfies changes. When Christ changes us and somebody comes along and pushes just that right button, our response changes. We're not the person we used to be. He says, we put off the conduct of the old man. Put off. But then he says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. He began by talking about the mind, dark mind, alienated from God, and now he talks about the spirit of the mind and that you put on the new man. You put off and and you put on. You put away what's dirty and you put on what's clean. And he says, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Now notice, he says, put off conduct. We change behavior, but we put on not new conduct, not simply doing better, exchanging bad words for good words, but putting off conduct and putting on true righteousness and holiness. We change our behavior, God changes our hearts. He says, put off the old, put on the new man, 
And then where he spends the majority of his time starts in verse 25, put away. Put off, put on, put away. Therefore, put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we're members of one another. The first thing he's going to talk about will all revolve around speech. It all revolves around the the way that we talk to one another. Put away lying. Because I'm a new man, I'm, I'm obligated to speak the truth the way Christ speaks the truth. Why? Because we're members of one another. It matters how we talk to each other because we're family. God knit us together. Be angry and do not sin. He's, he's still talking about speech. And we would love to think sometimes that if, if Christ has filled me with his spirit, I am imperturbable. I am, I am not going to get angry. I, I have such control of my emotions that nothing is going to get under my skin because I am filled with the spirit and sweetness, and joy, and doves flitter around my head. And how long does that last until somebody pushes that button? Okay? Anger is an emotion. Anger is part of being human, and anger is always secondary. Okay? Anger is not primary. We're angry because of something else. We're angry because we see injustice. We're angry because we we feel disrespected, whatever it might be. Anger is real. And it's part of our internal life. And he says, you're free to be human. You're free to get angry. We do that, but but not as an excuse to sin. Be angry and don't sin. He's still talking about speech. He says, you can feel something on the inside and choose not to act on it on the outside. You can be mad about what happened and yet hold your tongue. And that's what he calls us to do. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Okay? It means let it go. Don't take it to bed with you. Because if you do, it'll still be there tomorrow. And now it's it's a whole other day and you're clinging to it. He says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Or, same thing, give place to the devil. Because if if we allow him to, to root into our lives, root into our minds, our anger... That becomes resentment and hatred and hostility. He says, put all that away. Then he talks about our conduct. Let him who stole steal no longer. Okay? Which is a basic idea. If it's not yours, don't take it. And we're all down with that. But he says, rather, it's not enough just not to steal. Rather, let him work with his hands what is good so that he may have something to give to him who has need. A reversal of, I want it, so I'm going to take it, to, you need it, so I'm going to give it to you. From, I want things to come to me because I desire them, to, I want God to use me to give other people what they need. So, so rather than stealing, we're going to work and earn and, and be generous with those around us. That's the call of God. Then he gets back to the speech again. He just He can't get too far from... Speech. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Why does he come back over and over to our speaking? I believe it's because that is really the the thing about us that distinguishes us as being made in the image of God. You can get a parrot, okay, and you can teach it 
to imitate some sounds. It's not speaking. It's imitating sounds it heard. It can't pour its heart out to you. It can't draw you into its own experience. Only humans can do that because we're made in the image of God and He's the God who speaks. Let there be light. And there was light. This is why if we can control our tongue, there's nothing else in our life we can't control. Because that's so fundamental. How we talk out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, Jesus says. So he says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Now, the last time he used that word, he said, it's the old man who grows corrupt. The old man who's who's rotting, rusting, decaying. Let no language like that, okay, rottenness that's reminiscent of the old man, proceed out of your mouth. Let's not talk like that anymore. But what is good for, I love this, necessary edification. There's not a wasted word in Scripture. I believe that. If it's in there, it's because it matters. Necessary edification. Edifying means being built up. It means beginning at the the bottom and and building something. Was anybody here here when they built the uh, columns? Anybody see that? But you, you, you were aware they did it. Did they start at the top and build down? No. We laugh because of course not. It doesn't work that way. They start at the bottom and and they go up. People are like that. Spirits are like that. Attitudes are like that. Hope is like that. It it starts low and and it grows. Necessary edification. And if you look at the rates of addiction, the rates of suicide, the rates of anxiety. In our society today, people are desperately needing to be edified. They're dying for encouragement. They're living without hope. And he says, it matters how we talk. Let let no rotten, corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what's good for necessary edifying? People need this. It's important. It matters. We can't live without it. That it may impart what to the hearers? Grace. Which is all we have from God that saves us. It's just all grace. It's it's not our merit. It's not our works. He's just gracious to us. And he says, let's watch the way we talk because we can speak with rottenness and we can tear down or we can edify which people really need and show grace. And I think... And I'm not that old, but I've been around for long enough to see a shift in the way society functions, the way people talk to each other. And it's graceless. And it's cold and it's cruel. And we live in society, so it's easy to get drawn into that. He says, don't talk like that anymore. Show grace. And don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. He says, God is invested in our salvation. Sealed. Not redeemed yet. One day. He's the down payment. Imagine you've got a car. It's a nice car. And you sell your car to somebody. And imagine you take payments. They say, I don't have it all, but... um, 
I'm good for it, and, and you agree. And, and they pay a down payment, and you hand over your car. And the next time you see that nice car that you took so much pride in, it's scratched, it's dirty, it's missing a hubcap. You walk over and you look in and it's, it's destroyed in there. It's nasty. That's not paid for yet. That's, that's still yours. How do you appreciate that? You don't, okay? That's the idea here. Don't, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. There, we, we belong to God. The, the, the down payment's been made. So let's watch the way we speak, the way we act, the way we think, the way we behave because God's invested in bringing us to holiness and it grieves, it breaks His heart. There's loss there. We grieve when somebody is gone. And the Holy Spirit, He, he grieves when there's a, a holiness, an attitude, a heart change that could be happening in us and it's not because our hearts are cold. That's why He grieves. It's loss. But let all bitterness, and I'll, I'll be honest, I picked the text partly because the election is next week and my phone won't stop dinging with advertisements. I can't listen to the radio without hearing who's a real dirt bag. And it's so polarized. And everybody who runs for anything is the worst possible human being ever. And if you vote for them, so are you. And I'm sick of it. And I bet you are too. Let bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor. Do you know what clamor is? It's the clanging of a bell. It's an incessant noise. It gets you crunk and worked up and just drives you insane. Let it go. Evil speaking be put away from you. The world seems to be sinking deeper into bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking. It's, it's what passes for entertainment. And he said, let it go from you. Let it be put away. Okay? So put off, put on, put away. Here it is again. Along with all malice. That's mean-heartedness. That's a, a mean spirit. But that's when, when we look at somebody and say, mm -mm, not my kind of person. When, when we look with something other than grace, that's malice. Well, he's got all these things you shouldn't do. And he's gone through all of these things to, to put away. And that's part of putting off the old man. Well, well putting on the new man... He sums it up here, verse 32. Be kind to one another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Have you thought about why we use the word kind? Be kind. Why that word as opposed to some other? It goes back to... Be of a kind. It goes back to do unto others as you would have them do unto you, that when we're, we see other people as just like me, we're the same kind of people. Regardless of age, gender, race, whatever, 
All the ways we, we, we find to make somebody so different that I don't have to treat them well. All that's irrelevant. All that's wrong. We're the same kind. He says, be kind. Be, be like uh, one another. Put yourself in each other's shoes. Be kind. The hallmark of the Holy Spirit-filled heart is kindness. If we're putting on the new man, we're kind to one another. Tender-hearted. Opposite of that is hard-hearted. No, no one can get in. I've made my mind up. It's me against the world, and uh, everybody who doesn't agree is on the wrong side of it, and there's no room in my heart for you. That's, a, that's an old man attitude that he calls us to put off. Forgiving one another because we're still going to be imperfect. We're still going to sin. We're going to hurt each other. We're going to wrong each other. We need grace. We need forgiveness. A tender, kind heart will, will, will be able to say, I know you've hurt me, but you know what? I've done that to people too. And I can forgive just like I hope they'll forgive me, which goes back to forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. It's, it's, it's a basic love God, love people. Be kind, even as God forgave you in Christ. If we're going to put on the new man, it's summed up with the way we relate to each other is with kindness. Our words, our actions, even the attitudes of our hearts. So let's resolve two things. One is when the world acts like the world, which we see all around us, let's not be surprised. If somebody walked in here and they were blind and couldn't see and they bumped into you, would you hold it against them? Would you be offended? Would you want to fight? No, no, that would be ridiculous. They just didn't see you there. They couldn't. Well, when, when the world doesn't know Christ and their understanding is darkened, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, it's no wonder that they're, they act base and cruel, greed, uncleanness. That's, that's what they know. They don't know Christ. They haven't seen the, the, the life of God and the Holy Spirit. So let's not be surprised that, that, that those are their values. Let's show them grace. Let's show them Christ. Rather than be so angry about the world being sinful... Let's hold out a whole lot of grace. And I'm preaching to me there. I'm, I'm working on that because I am the worst to see sin explicit. I mean just out there and get mad about it. But how can you do otherwise if, if you don't know grace, if you don't know Christ? If you're not born again, how can you live like somebody with new life? The other is be kind. And our words and our our deeds, our speech, our hearts, let's, let's be deliberately, intentionally, mindfully. There's a word everybody likes today. Focus on it. Make sure you do it. We don't assume it'll just roll out, but we go out of our way to show kindness. Find somebody in every opportunity, every moment, who, who just needs kindness. Um, 
I'll wrap it up with a quick story here. I look just like my dad at, at our age. If you took a picture of him when he was my age and you put it next to a picture of me, uh, you'd say, without a doubt, that's father and son. You might even assume it was the same person. And as he got older, he, he figured out that he scowled a lot. He didn't mean to. And he would furrow his eyebrow and scowl. And he, he looked angry. He, he, he wasn't angry. He was joyful, but he, he was intense. And, and he realized that because somebody, they said, hey, you scowl all the time. Why are you so mad? And he said, I'm not mad. And, and he realized it, and he began to work on it. And it changed. His countenance changed because he was mindful about, I, I don't want to push people away and they think there's an angry old man scowling. So he started smiling at people. And the way they responded to him changed because they opened up and, and they felt, hey, here's somebody smiling at me. Here's a kind person. There was no change on the inside. He was still the same person. But what he showed to the world changed the way they felt. That was years ago, but when COVID lifted, I was walking through a store and I saw a kid about three years old. And it occurred to me that all her life people had had masks on. As long as she was old enough to look at faces, they were covered. And I thought, how, how does that affect a child? So I, I'm, I made a point. I said, every time I see a kid, I'm going to smile real big. I'm going to give them the thumbs up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show friendliness because they stepped into a world that freaked out and, and alienated people and people were scared of each other, distant from each other. It's not their fault, but the smiles I get back from just little children because a man smiled and waved at them. And that's a new experience. People are dying for necessary edification. And we can give it with kindness. And that's, that's putting on the new man. That's the Spirit of God in us. So my challenge to me and to all of us is to be deliberate. Be, be one uh, uh, be mindful. Be, be aiming your life at. I, when I leave my house today, I am a vessel of the grace of God. I'm going to show kindness. Be kind to one another because there's so little of it to go around. Will you join me as we pray? Our Father, we thank you for the opportunity to show kindness and for how much that speaks to the human heart. The words we speak Show grace. They impart it. You've imparted it to us in salvation, and then we have an opportunity in the attitudes we put on with the new man to impart it to others so they can share in your grace too. Thank you, Lord. But Lord, it's easy to become cold, hard-hearted, angry, busy wrapped up in so many other things that we, we walk by people every day made in your image. 
people who live forever and ever and ever in heaven or hell. And we don't even see people. We just see somebody in our way. And that's old man thinking. Help us put on the new man. That our words and our deeds would show kindness. That we might bring praise to you and bring people to you. In Jesus' name.